0: Hey guys, what's up? So, a little change in plans today. Um, Alessia has midterms this week. So, we have a guest co host with us Mama D.
1: <laughs> Anita Deep Squally. Oh,
0: <laughs> okay. Um, she's very excited, but very scared that she's not going to sound like adequately adequate for this podcast, which is understandable. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. We talk real talk here, so, no, it's fine. Um, So, yeah, we're going to be talking about mental health today. She did some research for us um, that Alessia was supposed to do, but because of midterms and stuff, she decided that it would be best for her to spend majority of her time on that this week. So that's okay. We'll give her a pass. Um... Yeah, so I hope everybody's doing great. Thank you all so much for tuning in last week and the weeks prior to that. And also, I noticed we have some uh, some new viewers, so that's awesome to see. Um. Uh. So last week we talked about elderly mental health, loneliness, all that jazz. Um. Some pretty chilling statistics, crazy stuff. Um. And how much isolation can really take a toll on a person uh, mentally, physically, all of that. So today we're going to kind of dig into the statistics for younger adults and their mental health and loneliness and all that stuff. Um, it's no secret the world is looking for the perfect balance between keeping everyone quote unquote safe, whatever that definition is for you. Um, but at the same time keeping everyone sane and mentally healthy. So it's a it's a double edged double edged sword for sure. But we're just trying to figure out a way to manage both things. So this is kind of our talk about how we're gonna navigate through that. And it's also a chance to give you the numbers and the statistics and the stories that not a lot of people are sharing so that we can kind of get an idea of where we need to be as a country later you can jump in whenever i'm oh, just oh i didn't know <laughs> like, am i supposed to talk? No, you am can <laughs> sit here like you have to get yeah, closer nodding you have to yep, get closer yep 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 <laughs> you have to get closer to the microphone <laughs> oh, okay like this <laughs> not they really can hear your saliva <laughs> this is mental health week it's supposed to be listen listen liberating coping.
1: what are you coping with coping. being mean no i'm just coping. no mom
0: we're not here to do that um. So. So it's another very vulnerable topic. We don't want to, you know, it's something that can be very, very hard for people to talk about, but needs to be talked about. So our thing on lifting the rug is lifting issues and lifting things that people
1: are afraid to talk about. Yeah, right? and I think that a lot of <laughs> go closer than that. I just I I feel that a lot of people are realizing. That they Uh-oh. do suffer from anxiety <laughs> that they didn't know that they had before.
0: Well, because they're own they're in their houses and they're right,
1: at, right, right. So it's just like, oh, like <laughs> why am I feeling this way? This is this is new, Cause not pleasant, but no, new, but new. And I, I I feel like more and more people are becoming aware of what's ta- like. They're just more. I don't even know. Like just more aware of their feelings. Yeah. It's crazy. Things that they may have brushed off in, in the past. Well, that's our
0: thing. Our thing is we're going to talk about facts, but also talk about anecdotes and people's personal stories mm-hmm. to kind of unravel it a little bit mm-hmm. because it's hard. It's hard to talk about, but it's also hard to talk about other people's things when they're not your stories to tell. So, we're going to start factual this week. We're going to start with um not like super like light but a lighter st- like a lighter kind of take on this because teenage mental health and school age mental health now with kids being having to have like masks and socially distant like what it's going to mean for them to be resocialized into the world without masks and without all that mm-hmm. that's something huge it,
1: cuz it's funny that i i i sit um i sit with my my godchildren and oh <laughs> Yeah, that got weird. No. I watched them and I they say sometimes they say things like, "Ooh, they're not wearing their mask. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, "Ooh, that's, that's kind of weird. weird." Yeah. Yeah. Do you imagine like us like saying, "You're not wearing a mask?" Yeah. So as like young kids, I know. especially young young kids, not wearing a mask now is that's weird to them. That's not normal. That's, yeah. Yeah, so that's,
0: it's just a lot and I think there's out of those kids that you're talking about mm-hmm. um there's like one in particular who's like anxious i think he has a little bit of anxiety mm-hmm. when he comes to like social gatherings also. and stuff he starts before he's like super comfortable with the people and mm-hmm. he knows who's gonna be there right. he has his mask on right. cause he's like afraid right and he's five five like six. he's six yeah like that's yeah. so sad yeah um but yeah, it's like shocking statistics, like it's crazy, like right. the amount of kids yeah, yeah, that have been affected by this. So even if it doesn't end in the end all, which a lot of it does, but we don't see that like in the num- in the true numbers and we're never going to probably see it in the true numbers, but it's just the idea that they're going to have to deal with this for the rest of their lives, kind of like. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So we actually do want to talk about that a little bit, and we'll go into the numbers, so to speak, a little bit into like other uh, segments. So this is our third lock third, yeah, our third lockdown segment or episode from the segment. Um, next week we're going to be going deeper into it. We have a surprise guest coming. Alessia is probably actually going to be here, which is good. Um, but we have. A very very close person to us and she has some really great stories about not great but good for (laughs) our uh awareness um about someone who took his own life and his journey and it was the triggering things that COVID kind of did to him to kind of put him over the edge so it's gonna get really dark next week so we're gonna be a little bit lighter this week and just kind of lay down the land of what it looks like nationwide. We want to talk a little bit about um, the suicide numbers in general. So suicide numbers, we have been digging and digging and digging over the last two weeks, actually, because with the elderly mental health, we kind of touched on it. But the CDC hasn't released an official suicide number yet. Hmm. Because I think they're trying to potentially hide or redefine what suicide is maybe because of COVID. Because a lot of times with the elderly, you like saw it in our last research, like last set of research, people were dying because of failure to thrive because they weren't eating anymore as like elderly. Mm. So that's a different kind of, it's not labeled as suicide, Uh, but it essentially is suicide. You don't want to eat anymore. They stop eating. Yeah um, people who need mental stimulation because they have like um dementia right. and they need routine that's taken away, so they died because they stopped trying and because they weren't mentally stimulated anymore that to me is a little bit of a gray area, but it kind of falls under the suicidal category slash I don't know so a little bit,
1: so what's the true number I
0: guess that's what they're trying yeah to it's gonna out. be really bad so or is it? We're never going to get or is it? No, it's uh, no. that's the thing. It's not no. going to be high. No. So that's or, kind or of more why more. we're talking about it right. because we want you to know that that number is not going to be a true number. 2019, we have 47,000 people that have passed away from suicide. Okay. That's how many? 47,000 in the US. In the US. Um So now we're just waiting to see. So now we're just waiting to see and I'm betting that it's Maybe even lower than that because people are going to say that because they were isolated, they were able to stay with their families and they were able to stay socialized with their families and be happier. Which in some cases is true. Like with us, we were able oh, to stay absolutely. together.
1: Like I, I, I took it as you know, COVID as an awful, was a horrifying experience for
0: the world. But for me,
1: I was able to spend more time with my family. Right. And, so it it depends on your. We have situ- a big family.
0: It depends on your situation, yeah. I guess. Um, so no number is a true number. That's what I want to say. And even like COVID deaths, talking as a healthcare professional, those are not real numbers, just FYI. We'll get into that in another, totally other episode. Um, and then before we jump in, please continue to give us advice on what you guys want to hear in future podcasts and stuff. Just before we jump into the main topics for today, um, continue sharing our thoughts and our journey with other people every listener helps and um every person that hears us uh matters to us so please give us your suggestions we also have a new twitter (laughs) we just opened a twitter we don't have any followers yet so that's kind of a bummer but make sure to follow us on twitter if you have a twitter we're just going to be posting like not a lot of stuff we use instagram as our main handle but i think we're going to use twitter as like little spurts of facts, or if you want to get maybe like a political figure's attention, it's a little bit better of a resource than Instagram Mm because they tend to be
1: more on that than there.
0: Do you want me to start with my research?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to make, you know, a quick, I guess a quick realization, maybe I want to call it. I don't know. You know, I guess we have to just stop and think about mental health it's a it's its very real and a lot of people suffer from it and we we as a society I guess don't I don't it's not that we don't take it seriously but I think we forget we forget to read you know to, when we look around and be like what people are going through what they're feeling what they're not feeling and how they see the world and how they're going through their day you know it's it's, it's real mm-hmm. and coupled with the fact now of COVID COVID. and isolation and all that's happening in the world today I just I feel like okay society we'll call it society I don't want to call it government Mm -hmm. has really put emphasis on oh we have to make sure like these people are financially okay Mm -hmm. like we have to give them money and Mm -hmm. we have to do all this stuff financially for them to make sure they're okay but I feel like I don't want to say. I'll just say the world government mm-hmm. society has failed us as a nation mm-hmm. because they're not really looking at the true problem. Right. right. And okay, money can only can is a wonderful thing. We all need it. We we need it to survive. Yeah. yeah. But the true issue is, we're we're hurting. Mm-hmm. We're hurting emotionally. We're hurting psychologically, and. Nobody really wants to talk about the elephant in the room, and especially yeah. the government mm-hmm. doesn't want to talk about it because it's too much. Well,
0: and I think also because then they'd have to point fingers at themselves, and they right. don't like to do and that. And so,
1: like, nobody, everybody needs to take a step back and say, thank you for helping us financially, but you need to help us out emotionally now. Right. You need to help us out in figuring out what's our next moves, what's our next steps, how do we do this? Right. How do we get get to from point A to point B. Yeah.
0: So I found it interesting when I was doing my research because I was kind of on the, um, I think I'm on, I'm on the left side of things this, uh, this time around. And I was actually able to find like some good, some good stuff. Uh, I found one thing from the Journal of American Medical Association Um, published August 11, 2020. This is Dr. Eric Black. He has a PhD um, in his two colleagues, Richard Ferdig and Dr. Lindsay A. Thompson. They actually focus on the potentially good things that the lockdown had to do with um, kids and schools and socialization and stuff. So we're going to look at that first because I think that you know, with all that negative stuff mm-hmm. comes potentially positive right. things because we've experienced some positive stuff. Absolutely. So we can't disregard that. And that's right. what this forum sure. is about. Um, so it's basically they admit to the transition to remote learning and highlights the importance of socialization. They admit that socialization is key for kids mm-hmm. and that reopening is key. And this was before really school starting to truly reopen like in September. So this is August. Mm-hmm. It was right before that happened. So this is a direct quote from them. It says, as government officials attempt to plan for the fall, the American Academy of Pediatrics released a statement supporting the return to traditional school as soon as possible to preserve education and socialization while limiting the exacerbation of existing educational disparities for high-risk populations. Mm-hmm. So their, kind of, their focus was, why is this good in the long run? So why is this good for kids who have chronic illnesses like cystic fibrosis kids Mm -hmm. who want that like normal feel of school but remote? So like they never had a system in place before. So now they have this system where the kids feel it's not perfect, but it's there. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't even an option before. They were just missing school. So they felt even more isolated. So this
1: kind of created an opportunity right for them to say oh i fit now i fit too. like kids with
0: cystic fibrosis right. kids with cancer right kids who can't be out of the hospital or in the hospital for weeks at a time right. now like we have all this stuff we have the zoom that's a regular thing and like which is amazing which right. is cool it's really amazing um it's not the same but it's, it's not cool. the same, but yeah, so they support the face to face. They support all that because yeah. it's part of natural development mm-hmm. for kids. But they're saying let's look at the good stuff too. It's right. fair.
1: Something good came.
0: That's out what I really liked about this article. Was it focused on the chronically ill kids who? Those who are, are the now benefiting from this, right, right? But because of COVID, they were really, really isolated, like oh, mega yeah. isolated, mm-hmm. and it's it, rightfully so. Like if anybody's going to be isolated, it's going to be them, right. but. They took it as something good, and it that's all well and good, but I'm going to twist it a little bit. If you don't have parents who can engage you in that, like, right. if you don't have the means to that technology, right. then all that's null and void. Right. So you have to look at it from that side, right. too. Like, what if these kids don't have parents who really give a crap? Wow. That's sad. It's but- sad, but it's true. It happens because I work I, in the I, hospitals. I, I don't think
1: it's that. I don't think it's that they don't give a crap. I just think that they're not, like, they don't know. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say they don't know any better. Okay, or, yeah. Or, you know. That's fair. Yeah.
0: So another thing that they said was research supports that online learning can be, can be a more suitable solution than attending a face-to-face school, especially when a student may experience frequent absences due to illness and mm-hmm. or frequent visits for chronic health management. And then, moreover, children with special health care needs felt more in control of their education when participating in online learning. And that's huge because, you know, sick kids, they don't feel like they're in control no. ever. Yeah. So, to gain a little bit of control out of this is, is nice. It's really nice. Right.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. I don't know. I, I think that's a great. That's great. Yeah, and a lot of
0: uh, parents appreciate this, too, because a lot of parents with chronically ill children are amazing they're they're so, like, I, I would never want to be in their shoes, and I'm very, very, like, humbled to them, because I feel like that's an awful position to be in, but, like you said, they might not just be educated, and they don't know the resources, the capacity of the resources, right. and what they can do, right. and I honestly think, I don't know, I don't have kids who are remote learning, but I honestly think it's not perfected.
1: And guess what? It's scary. Mm-hmm. You know, change is scary. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are or where you are. When you're used to doing it one way and now all of a sudden this is thrown on you. Right. That this is a new way. Well, and easy. also it's a lot of technology and
0: people feel overwhelmed, overwhelmed. with tech. Right. And I, I do. Even, even I do, too. Because yeah. that's like. I, like like I old lady. I know, but it's like, also, it's just, it's everyone,
1: I think. That's a lot of so, new stuff. And and so there's the positive where it's kind of forcing us as a society to what? Get it together <laughs> and and learn because, you know, we have to. We have to be technically savvy. We have to understand that without this, it kind of pushed us into that direction, which is not a bad thing.
0: Right. So that was a positive one. Um and it kind of sets the foundation for, like, kid. I didn't really think of it until I read that article that kids could benefit from this sure. in the long run. Because even when things go back to normal, whatever the normal looks like, I don't know what it's going to look like. Hopefully not with a mask on, but that's okay. Um, for a little while. Yeah. But until it goes back to quote unquote normal, normal. whatever that looks like for you, and kids start to go back go to school, school more. Yeah. They have this system now. that It's not foreign to them to include the kids in the classroom. Right. So. They have the technology. Right. So, so you now, have to use
1: it. Even if, like, if you have to go away for an extended period of time. You or have you the can, ability you to log in. Exactly. And teachers put everything on their site and there's never a surprise, even if you That's, ha- are yeah. ill or whatever. I like that. I, yeah. I
0: personally would have liked that better in high right. school. <laughs> yeah, it's a positive, right? Right, because I was. I feel like I was out a lot because I just didn't like to be there, but right. <laughs> that's, that's different. A whole different. That's a whole other issue.
1: We'll get into that another time. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. You choose. you you share one of your articles. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I <laughs> she can't I, read. I, I, I'm like Without blind as glasses. a bat. So here we go. I, I guess I was on the right. You were on the right side, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> Epoch Times was the uh, journal and the um, the article was the impact of the pandemic on children and what it bodes for the future, for their future mental health. It was published January 27th, 2021 by Justina Wheel, who is based out of Canada. And I'm just going to read you a couple of the bullets here that um, I found interesting. It says a year into the pandemic, The disruption, the crisis has wrought in children's lives has become obvious. Online classrooms, little to no group sports and hanging out with their friends, extra mental pressures among the numerous other negative effects. What is less known is the long-term impact this will all have, obviously, on children down the road, like in a few years, five years, ten years. We just don't know how this is going to affect them. Uh, Laura Goldstein, a family therapist uh, based in Washington, D.C., says that the pandemic is especially hard on teenagers who are forced to stay away from their peers at a time when they are developmentally geared toward independence and forming an identity separate from their families. So she says it's uh it's a trend where either teenagers are going to be rebelling harder, like, Oh, of course I'm wearing my mask. Of mm-hmm. course I'm six feet apart. Of course I'm wearing my mask when I walk and into the house. And you've seen both And I'm going to tell you right now as a mom, I've seen it all. <laughs> With five kids, I've seen it all. And so this is either going to make kids going to really rebow or, you know, it's going to make them regress in the fact that they're going to become so dependent on their parents. Like they're going to f- be afraid to leave the house. Right. And you don't want that either. So that's either. the
0: thing. That's, like, the main issue is you're going to get this paradox of, like, what? Right. Teenagers are already so, like, set in their way. So just weird. Just stubborn. They're just very <laughs> stubborn. So different. So weird. Yeah, that's a good way to so describe weird. it. So you're going to have that teenager maybe who was a hermit. Right. And then becomes more, more of, a of a hermit, hermit yes. because they want... They were like, the world is telling me that right. I'm staying in my bed. I'm staying, staying in, in my, my bed. bed
1: and I don't have to leave the house. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> I right. am here. But right. then it
0: becomes a thing. Why is that kid a hermit? Right. It, do they have depression? Right. Do they have anxiety? Right. And then they're starting to like just sit there and like, I have all these things. I'm not going to do anything about it because right. I don't care. Like, right. Or it's like, I have all these things. Oh, shoot. I should probably talk to someone because there's teletherapy now that I can do exactly. like exactly so it could go either way and right. there's so many different scenarios right. and we've pretty much seen all of them oh, with I've teenagers. seen them all
1: I can tell you as a mom of four teenagers ooh, I've seen it all heard it all seen it all so you know I I, I can totally relate to this where you know teenagers are just over it you know yeah, the, teenagers most, are done. most most of them that i hang out with or i see at the house you know they're just don't like you know you you try to talk some reason into them some some sense of urgency like oh you know make sure this make sure that and they're like yeah 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 they're not listening yeah you know. yeah no <laughs> they're just not like i don't know
0: um
1: just read this one because this
0: has good numbers. Yeah, another bullet.
1: According to Canada-wide data from Kids Help Phone, 43% of phone calls uh, were related to mental and emotional health issues, while 38% of texts were related to anxiety and stress. Relationships, depression, and suicidal thoughts were also among the top issues that young Canadians ranging in the age from 5 to 25 or older contracted the service about or contacted the service about
0: yeah Yeah. so that's a big those are big numbers those those are are those are real numbers too i believe that and we i think we decided to go like not just the u.s route because it's a worldwide pandemic so you have to look at all of it
1: i also feel i'm i'm gonna put it out there parents Oh gosh. I, I'm sorry. No, so I'm gonna put it out there. I I feel like some parents are using this as like a power play. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh. hundred oh. percent. Oh no, sorry. You know, that's not safe. And you can't but go what there. let's talk about what um, is safe? What does so, safe mean to you? You know, when let's be honest, we usually we know our circle of friends. We know who comes over, we know who our kids hang out with. We know where they're going. So to, to tell your kid, oh, I'm sorry, you can't go there because, you know, it's the pandemic and all, uh, you know what, I just, I just feel it, they're just, they can have more control of their child, so they're going to use the pandemic in their favor in that aspect. And if that's the case, that's disgusting and that's horrifying and that's horrible. But, I, like, I feel as a mom, it's a power play looking sure. it out, and I'm just like, ooh, ooh, that's that's not good. But
0: then you have those kids that the parents are using it as a power play.
1: You see it because like, they're rebelling. And they're, and they're rebelling. Yeah. And then I see it, and then you got to talk them down, and you got to, you know, hello? I don't know. <laughs> I, I,
0: that's I, a mom's perspective what? kind of thing. Anyways, um, yeah, that's a good point. So my next article digs a little deeper into the touchy subject of true depression with adolescence. So CNN actually posted this article by a high school senior, Eliza P. Shapiro, and her personal journey on mental health during a time that was supposed to be the happiest of her life, her senior year. Mm -hmm. Just like. Don't even get me going. (laughs) So um, this was posted on May 15, 2020, and is entitled High School Senior, The Biggest Lesson COVID-19 Has Taught Me. And then these are a couple quotes from her. As a second semester high school senior, I was expecting a season of milestones, but not quite like this. A few weeks ago, I turned 18 and celebrated my entrance into adulthood with family and friends on Zoom. Oh boy. So that was, I mean, it's hard because she, I think that was like right in the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, okay. That's, you don't know, that's different. No, that's different. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. But yeah. like, because we even were doing that. Because yeah, we were absolutely. like, well, who we, knows? Like, well, it, you
1: don't know. We didn't we, know. We didn't know. We. I thought if I walked out the door, I was gonna drop dead. <laughs> you know, you turn on the news, you're
0: like, oh man. Well, we also, well, we're also like not news people because we we know we know it goes. Yeah, buzzing. It, it, it was Come
1: scary, Maria. It was scary. I'm wiping everything down with alcohol <laughs> wipes. All the groceries, like. <laughs> have three masks on when the the groceries are delivered. Talk about nobody...
0: that. The first, that, those first couple of weeks. Those were scary those weeks. Those were scary. Those those plant seeds in your brain for mental health later on, I yes. think. Because that was a different
1: level. Cuz I think about it, like I think it back on it and I get like a like a stomach ache. Yeah. It's it's it was like yeah. a horrifying time. a time. It was a yeah. time. Was a but time.
0: then you look back on it and you're like
1: it was scary. It was nobody scary. Nobody really knew what was going on. No. But at, it was I scary. But then after like a month, what went by? It was kind of like well, What's that was the really thing. Going
0: on? That was the thing. So in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be celebrating the the day where we where we went on lockdown, and it was only supposed to be 15 days. That's what I'm saying. And it ended up being like three months yeah. plus. Like yeah, it was. scary. That was weird. That was weird. After a month, though, we were like, "Crap, this! We're going to Florida." <laughs>
1: Oh, for sure. Like, I'm, I'm out of here. i in isolation. I
0: want to be in isolation on the beach. <laughs> um. Okay, so a, a couple more quotes from her. But even if we are digital natives, so she's talking about her generation, they're known as, like, digital natives, so they right. know all this. So right. kind of adults were assuming they were going to be fine mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. that assumption of, oh, you're fine. You're a Gen Z. You're a cusper. You're going to be fine. Everything's going to be great for you. You're yeah. used to this. Right. The assumption that we are comfortable living a fully digital life is wrong. We value in-person interactions more than, any, more than many may think. And now that this privilege has been taken from us, it's just plain obvious. Studies have shown that social interaction is beneficial to our physical and mental health and that relationships are particularly important in adolescence. Social isolation, by contrast, has a negative impact on brain development and behavioral patterns. And can weaken communities and even our democracy.
1: Well, I period. Agree. I agree with that one thousand percent. Imagine, can you imagine yourself, Miranda? Imagine that you did not have five siblings, and you didn't, and you didn't have your mom and dad. You know, we're we're so lucky and blessed that we all like each other. First mm-hmm. of all, like we have mm-hmm. a grand time because we really do like each other. We, yeah, you know, we don't all see eye to eye hundred <laughs> percent. But we, you know, we're all friends at yeah, the end of imagine, the day. But imagine, like. You imagine having none of that during that time that we no. went through. And you no. were just by yourself. Yeah, I would not. <laughs> think <laughs> about not. that. No. That's what we're talking about. This is what people went through. I
0: know. That's what we're trying to talk about. You know.
1: You know, no.
0: But I think, and this is, like, I don't know her background. But even if you're in the happiest of families. It's still that was still really hard, yeah. like In, for alone? yeah, that no. was terrible That's and then she wrapped up the conversation with we must not only we must not only return to our previous way of living but place an even greater emphasis on community, real life engagement, and now rare pleasure of human interaction off a screen, right. so I think this is also a good point, right it's those you know depend- those uh technology dependent kids right seeing how important face-to-face interaction is right right so that's precious now so Mm -hmm. they're not going to take it for granted i think maybe that was part of the i don't know god's plan hey i (laughs) I,
1: you know i do i feel i i feel sorry for my twin girls gabby and alessia because their (laughs) senior year was cut short right and they weren't able to do a lot of things that seniors do you know it it broke my heart, you know, honestly, it just broke my heart graduation right. they still had it, but it was different, you know. They they still had their milestones, but they were they looked very 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 different. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I it's just even college. You know, Alessia wasn't able to go to to her first year of college because mm-hmm. campus was closed. You know, nobody mm-hmm. was allowed to go. So here we are a year later. And, you know, she's still home. Well,
0: and and I think that's, it's fine right now, but we're talking again about what happens when things change again. Right. Because that also is going to mess with you a little bit.
1: Oh, and I can already foresee it because now she's so set
0: in in her her routine.
1: routine, doing it online, not having to go to class. I was just talking to her about this today. I know. And I'm like, Alessia, don't get too comfortable with this because guess what? God willing, in September, you're gonna be able to go to campus, go to class, do everything, mm-hmm. and you're gonna to have to get used to a new routine where you have to get ready, you have to physically get to your class, you know, you have to prepare yourself for that. I go, look at you're struggling right now trying to figure out time on how you're gonna study for all your classes. You gotta get it together because <laughs> this is you're home and you just pop up a pop up on your computer and you're in class. Is it real is this our new reality yeah. is it reality or isn't it reality yeah it's weird it's so a weird time where is it gonna fall like how is this gonna play
0: out well that's the thing and that's the thing also too with like it's the same with the little kids what's it gonna look like when they're gonna have to like these kids who are raised well, with it I
1: feel I don't know they, they we talk about privilege okay mm-hmm. let's talk about that for a minute we're talking about privilege that's yeah not we're a talk- part of our- I know I know it's not anyway it's not but you know being in Pittsburgh, you know, because we're, yeah. we're here in Pittsburgh. Affluent. I'm going to tell you, because I see my, like, I watch. You just expose my God- our location. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I just expose our location. But <laughs> at, at any rate, I, like I say, I watch my, my godchildren. They have been in school full day since day one. The only half day that they have is on Wednesdays. Yeah, I know that. The only thing that's different for them is they have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. That's it. And they're, you know, the teachers kind of like move around instead of the kids move yeah. around. You know, they did a fabulous job in making sure everybody was safe, but they're still in school. Mm-hmm. They did not miss a beat. If anything, they've gotten more instruction this year because the classrooms are smaller mm-hmm. and the instruction is greater, I feel. Mm-hmm. Like they've learned so much. So, you know, I've heard a lot of teachers say, I have accomplished so much Mm -hmm. this year because of our new rules, quote-unquote. I hope it continues because these small groups are Are amazing and are are working, working, like teachers moving around and working together. And, you know, so I think emotionally the only thing that would be scarring right now, I want to say scarring, Is is the masks. Yeah. Because, like I said, why, like, they're like, why, oh, they're not wearing their mask. That's like, not It's safe. Like, a, like a naked face. Yeah, that's yeah. not, that, they're not being safe. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So, you know. Yeah. That was just a little side note. Okay, I'm sorry. It's not
0: too much of a tangent. I thought you were going to go into the oh. whole.
1: Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. So then, okay, I have a couple more. Um... You just have,
0: like, another article, I think.
1: Yeah, so I have one more article. And I guess this one is from the magazine, the National Review, posted on July 30th, 2020 by John Loftus, entitled Lockdown Suicide on the Rise. So but this
0: dark- this segues, in, it's a good segue into kind of the more uh, bleak mm-hmm. podcast next week, because yeah. this is like, these are real numbers, um, and it's really scary. <laughs>
1: So the CDC director Robert Redfield participated in a Buck Institute webinar on July 14th while discussing the possibility of schools reopening this fall. He also argued that young people's mental health has been disproportionately affected by strict lockdowns. There has been another cost that we've seen, particularly in high schools. We're seeing sadly far greater suicides now than we are deaths from COVID-19. We're seeing far greater deaths from drug overdose that are above access that we had as background that we are seeing um, as we are seeing the deaths from COVID, Redfield says. uh, Georgia social worker Diane Glass, however, has witnessed more individuals behaving desperately due to unemployment and social isolating lockdowns. We have a behavioral health crisis center and we have certainly seen an increase in the number of indi- individuals that are in a crisis situation glass said she continued unemployment if you look at it throughout history is associated with an increase in suicide deaths and substance abuse overdose um, overdose type deaths so yeah, yeah. unemployment that's, like not being able to provide for your family that's terrible and losing your job yeah because and but i don't know I is like I from have, so many words. I know. But I, 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 I just you know, there's just not the enough time in a day to say
0: this is from the C D C. Like this is a guy working for the C D C too, so that was very reputable, I think. Yeah. Um But yeah, it's it's scary real.
1: But it is. It's 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 scary real. And
0: you know, I don't
1: know. I'm just talking from my point of view and mm-hmm. you know, just sitting here and I just I can't even imagine yeah. the people out there who have literally lost their livelihood from this. I know. You know, think about that. I can't even think about it. <laughs> like lost everything, like everything gone because of the shutdowns because of you know, mentally like what are they going through mentally? What are they going through emotionally? You know, you I know for a fact my my great grandmother's sister lived in America um during the Great Depression and we're talking 100 years ago and she lived here in america and people would literally when they lost everything we're talking mm-hmm. you know the great depression where the banks were collapsing everything mm-hmm. was collapsing. people were committing suicide left and right mm-hmm. you know that it it's it just like when they have no work they just lost everything Yeah, i think what That's makes me goes. mad
0: is as how much social media we have and how aware we are, we're not because right. it's not talked about anymore yeah. or it's talked about in a way that's like it's its almost like embedded in the pandemic. Right. Like, right. and yes, it's associated with the pandemic for sure. But let's talk about the fact that these people have been dealing with this for years. Right. And like, this is a trigger point, if anything. Right. Right. Let's talk about why. Let's talk about right. how we can prevent it. But you throwing more isolation, more this, more that, is just going to make it worse. So take a step back and say, what can we do to balance this out so that people are not getting sick?
1: No, this is what I hear in the news. Buckle down, people. Yeah. We're in for the long haul. We're not going to, we're going to be doing this until 2022.
0: Yeah. This is what people don't need to hear. The headlines can't be Fauci says 2022 right. double mask. Right. We didn't we don't need that.
1: You know, and you know, <laughs> I I don't consider myself a liberal. I don't consider myself a Republican. I don't consider myself a Democrat. I consider myself a citizen of the world. You know, like putting all of this aside, a human. I'm a human being with feelings and And they're real. They're real feelings because you know why? Because I'm living through them and I'm doing them every single day. So, you know, that's, that's real. That's the real talk. Yeah, that's real talk. That's the real talk. You know, you had me on and I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel. (laughs) You did. You did do that. You went on a couple tangents too. (laughs) But it's how I, you know. So
0: maybe we'll have mom co-star again. So maybe
1: at the end of the day, instead of, throwing money at everybody maybe the government should actually take into consideration you know people's feelings <laughs> and set up something for people where where are the helplines where where they're where, there they're there but, but they're where, not they're not being where? publicized right as much as they used to be you know this is what people need right now yeah and and maybe this is the perfect venue for it like People need to start talking about their feelings and what they're going through. It's the only way that people are going to get through it. Right. Because I'm telling you
0: right now, we have a long way to go. Yeah, unfortunately. So
1: that's my take on
0: it. All right. That was great, Mom. Good job. Good first podcast for you. Okay, everybody, Um, make sure to like, subscribe, comment. Please keep giving us feedback, and we appreciate every listening ear that we can get. Um, We're lifting the rug, and we appreciate all, all that you do and all that you say to us, and we hope that you tune in next week for a deeper conversation. Thank you again, Mommy, for co-hosting. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Bye. Bye.